0: Micro Monday again, the microcast where we get to know members of the Micro.blog community. I'm Gene McDonald, the community manager here at Micro.blog. And on this episode, I'm very pleased to welcome Valerie, who is at Val on Micro.blog. Hi, Valerie. How is it going today?
1: Uh, I
0: think it's going well, but also
1: the day just started here. Uh, right. Hopefully it stays good for the rest of. <laughs>
0: The day. How about you? I'm doing good. It's towards the end of my day. My nephew is, it's his birthday this weekend. And so I took him on some adventures in Portland, Oregon. And I think he had a good day. And I'm a little tired out from spending the day with an eight, almost nine year old. Anyway, before we get started here, why don't you tell folks a little bit about yourself? Sure.
1: So I'm Valerie. I'm from the US, but I currently live in Bishkek, Kyrgyzstan. I teach English here, uh, but I don't like to think of myself as only a teacher. I'm also a student. I am taking private Russian lessons through a local organization, and I am also learning some Kyrgyz from one of my friends,
0: mm. and
1: I in general, I am interested in, in other cultures and other languages, and that is who I am in a nutshell.
0: I'm fascinated. I really do enjoy other cultures and languages in particular. And uh, I have to ask, how did uh, you decide to go to Kyrgyzstan? Well, I didn't really decided, it It just kind of
1: happened. (laughs) Um, So, uh, after COVID, I was in the US, and I happened to be procrastinating one day and scrolling through social media, as some people, maybe many people do. (laughs) And I happened to see a job listing for an English teacher in Kyrgyzstan. And I was fascinated and thought, oh, um, I might as well apply because at that time I was unemployed and I thought I have nothing to lose. So I went through the interview process. Uh, I was given the job and then I ended up going to Kyrgyzstan, which I knew very
0: little about before actually going there. Yeah, I mean, I'm even struggling a little bit to place it. Um, I know what time zone it's in because we talked uh, about scheduling and I was impressed at how far away it is time zone wise. But Mm -hmm. is it like southern? Uh, Is it hot? Is it very hot there? now is what where i guess you could just tell me like where is it like geographically so
1: kyrgyzstan is west of china it actually borders china it is south of kazakhstan it is let's see to the south there is tajikistan and to the west there is uzbekistan so kyrgyzstan is completely landlocked and it is in Central Asia, um, surrounded by Central Asian countries and China.
0: That helps a little. Um, I can't help but ask, like, how long does it take you to get there if you're coming from the U.S.?
1: Oh, from the U.S. See, the problem is that there are no direct flights from, a, from U.S. cities to Bishkek, the capital mm-hmm. of Kyrgyzstan. So mm-hmm. you have to transit. Uh, usually people go through Istanbul or through Dubai to go mm-hmm. to Bishkek. Um, wow. So I have done both. I've been through both. So in all, you will have two flights uh, at the very least. Mm-hmm. Um, the longest flights can be depending on whether you're flying to Istanbul or Dubai and where you're flying from in the U.S., could be anywhere from 12 to 14 hours.
0: Wow. Like I said, I could go on on all these travel questions (laughs) because I definitely share that uh, passion for going to far-flung places, but I also get uh, big eyes when I hear how, how long it takes to get to that. So before we turn this into the travel podcast, or <laughs> I should probably ask you a little bit about blogging instead. Have you been blogging for a long time? So blogging for me started um,
1: probably the first real incarnation of my blogging started because of travel. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was in university in the U.S., I had the opportunity to study abroad. And so I lived in China for one semester and I loved it. Just the experience of being in a new place, an unfamiliar place. Mm -hmm. Uh, Before that, I had studied Chinese for only one semester. Um, So it was extremely gratifying when I could communicate in the local language. But of course, Mm -hmm. there were many more times when I had no idea what was going on, or I had no idea what to say. But either way, I still found the whole experience fascinating. Uh, So my blogging actually started with the first time I went to China, which was also the first time I traveled alone. And I think I don't know if it still is, but I think at that time when I studied abroad, there was this trend of people starting blogs around their travels and look at me, I'm studying abroad, here's all Mm -hmm. the cool things I'm doing. And I had been thinking about starting a blog, but I didn't know exactly what form or shape I wanted it to take. Because something about me is that it's very difficult for me to stick to routines and schedules, (laughs) especially for extended periods of time. So I wanted to make the, the blogging part easy, you know, not just something I would start for a few days and then give up. So I thought the easiest way to achieve this would be to upload a photo every day um, and maybe include some text about the photo, but I didn't necessarily have to. So that was my first blog. It was on Blogger, Google's mm-hmm. blogging platform. And, uh, it was while I was in China for the first time. I was in a city in southern China called Nanchang. And yeah, it was just to upload pictures that I thought were interesting to kind of Uh, show my family and friends that I was okay, (laughs) that they didn't need to worry about (laughs) me. I was alive. And then after that trip, I went to China a second time and did the same style of blogging. So uploading a photo every day. Now, I'm a little loose with how I define every day, because Mm -hmm. sometimes maybe people who follow me have noticed I don't Necessarily upload a photo every day or daily, but I do upload a photo
0: for every day, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Yes, Um, I have noticed actually. I (laughs) I like that because, yeah, I totally know the feeling of like it's hard to do something consistently over a long period of time. And so by setting yourself up this way, you you don't have that feeling of oh, I missed a day. I mean you mm-hmm. you have the day and you can upload it when you're ready to upload it and it's still interesting and it still counts as uh, mm-hmm. for a blog entry and it's it's fine not to be from today's date but some dates from the previous week or whatever that's cool so
1: yeah and I used to be a lot stricter about that for myself. Uh, it really bothered me when I didn't upload a photo from that day, which mm-hmm. in some ways was good because it encouraged me to take more photos in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I often find that when I leave a place, like if I think about it in the future, or if I want to tell someone how it is, I always feel like it's easier to show what I mean through pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if I don't have the pictures, I just think, man, I should have taken pictures while I was there, or I should have taken a picture of this specific thing. That's kind of why I have my blog. But yeah, so I used to be strict about uploading photos that only photos that I took on that particular day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also recently I've been thinking that it leads to some kind of Um, situations. For example, uh, I might go on a day trip, like a short trip, where Mm. I take many beautiful pictures. And then I am only limited by that system to showing one picture of that place. And it kind of put pressure on me, like, which picture do I choose? I can only show (laughs) one. But it doesn't need to be
0: that serious. It's working for you. And I would say, um, on behalf of your readers and followers, that it's working for us too. <laughs> You're doing it, so keep going with that. So, how long have you been doing Microdot Blog?
1: I have been doing micro.blog Blog for about one year now. Okay. Uh, my first photos, if you actually go all the way back to the start, were from Montana in the United States, because uh, a year ago. Um, In early July of 2021, I had gone to Montana for my cousin's wedding. And Mm -hmm. it was a few weeks before I had gone to Bishkek. And I kind of just wanted to get a feel for the platform. So I uploaded some pictures from my Montana trip. And then I started uploading photos once I was traveling to
0: Bishkek and also in the city and country. Oh, I see. What got you interested in Microdot blog?
1: Well, so I mentioned before that I was using Blogger
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it mostly um suited me, I guess, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. in some ways I felt like it was clunky and I guess another thing about Microdot blog is that um I had seen like some members saying positive things about micro.blog and so I just decided to try it out mm-hmm. and I was also fascinated by the fact that there was like a whole community with it too. It wasn't just like me uh, throwing pictures into space like <laughs> maybe people will see these, maybe they won't. It was cool to see what other people were doing as well. And I think that's what's made me uh, not uh, something that drew me into microblog and also led me to stay.
0: So your family, they follow your microblog as a blog. I'm I'm curious about that because I've had a hard time getting people to follow an actual blog.
1: And that's a problem that I have as well. I don't know how often my family members or friends actually look at my blog. Mm -hmm. Uh, None of them are on Mm micro.blog, but they have my uh, URL. They can look at my blog at any time, but I don't know how often they do it. Uh, I also don't have like a newsletter or anything. So mm-hmm. it it is hard for me to keep track of who actually looks at my blog, which I think is kind of why I like the community aspect of micro blog, micro mm-hmm. blog, because I do get replies from people in the community who say even just like great photo. It's, yeah. it's like, oh, someone looked at this picture. Oh, that's <laughs> nice.
0: I like that about the community as well. And I think it's it's pretty cool. That people take the time to actually comment, and um, and you do have great photos. Um, I mean, it's it's stunning. That it, it, your your micro blog is is an example of what I love about micro blog is that you have. I get a little window into a place that I've never been. Um, who mm-hmm. knows if I'll ever go there? But I mm-hmm. I, I I really enjoy, of course. The scenery is uh, looks spectacular from your photos, but I also like the photos of things like the strawberry flavored milk and <laughs> the cartons and the brand names or the the um, bastardizations of brand names that I just when I'm in a f- foreign country I enjoy looking at stuff in the grocery store.
1: Yeah. Um, so a couple notes on that. Thank you for your compliment about my photos. Uh, though I must add that I, I know nothing about photography, and I know there are many people on Blog who do photography as a hobby. I don't consider myself a photographer. I just take pictures. I never edit them. <laughs> I don't know camera settings or anything like that. So uh, the, the beautiful things that you see, it's purely the scenery. I
0: do nothing <laughs> to enhance things. Okay. As I said, I, I enjoy the range of, um, slice of life to me. That's what it is. The food, the, the, the things that people make for you. I, I think that's so cool. And then, mm-hmm. uh, the things that you see in the various markets, as well as the, the picturesque, uh, places that you get to go to. Well, Valerie, so before we wrap up, uh, I, I would be curious, uh, is there another travel destination in your near future? Or um, are you going to be in Kyrgyzstan for a while longer?
1: Well, isn't that the question? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am not sure about what my future plans are. I have okay. an idea about something uh, which I'm not going to talk about, but okay. perhaps something will happen in the somewhat near future. We will see.
0: Well, on that note, then, I think we could go ahead and wrap up the podcast. I'd like to say thank you for taking the time to do this, Valerie. And maybe you could tell us, what, how do they say goodbye in the local Uh, language where you are
1: oh goodness I I should probably know how to say goodbye (laughs) in Kyrgyz but I don't okay (laughs) um I don't know why I haven't learned that um but in Russian I can tell you um the formal way to say goodbye in Russian is dasvidaniya um, and the more casual way is Paka, or sometimes people like Russian YouTubers, they will say Paka
0: Paka. Paka yeah. Paka. Oh, that's good uh-huh. to know. Listeners, if you want to follow Valerie on micro.blog, there is a link in the show notes or go to micro.blog slash Val. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon.